Welcome back to Cargumentative, a show where men with a penchant for chicken samosas, grapes, and chips get together on a Thursday night to talk about cars and all things automotive. I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times, and as usual, I'm joined by Mark Paluta, Mike Salomon, and Doug Rafid. Guys, good to have you back in the studio. It's been oh, a while. It's your pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. It's, it's nice to see you. It's, and I think this room needs it. We've got a little bit of sadness. We've got Doc, who's a little depressed. He's grumpy. We, we tried to cheer you up with a hug. Yeah, didn't really work. 40 grand would be better. Oh, Tom. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. talk about cars. Yeah, let's talk about the news, guys. Um, here's something that you Oaks will like because you all love passion. And um, Alfa Romeo. We all love passion. You do. Okay. You, know, you all love passion and passionate cars. We like Italian cars. And as you know, Italian Italians cars are, passionate. are the only people that can make passionate cars Absolutely. in this world. Um, Alfa Romeo Tonale concept. Did you guys see that? Did ah. see it. Did see it. It's Gorgeous. the second. It's like the Stelvio replacement. Is that no, the no, no, no. I it's think it's going to be smaller. Stelvio. Oh, it's smaller. Um, and it's going to be when every other manufacturer is bringing out all electric cars. Alfa's finally caught up, and they've now given us a plug-in hybrid. Fantastic. Hmm. That's yeah. great. But the front end looks very reminiscent of the 159 and the Brera. Yeah, it's got a oh, Brera. With, uh, multiple headlights. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty. Huh? I actually Ooh. haven't seen it. But whether so it makes it into it. production or not, well, it is going to be. It isn't. It is going to make production in the maybe not in that twenty twenty, but not in that format. I actually thought it looked a lot like the SZ. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, two, the one yeah. that uh, Matthew Barnes said was made in a shed. That's right. It probably was. Well, speaking of that, um, we can talk about cars made in a shed and Italian cars at the same time. Oh yeah, Morgan. No segue. Morgan. Oh, Morgan. Yeah. Okay. Morgan was then bought three by three people in a shed yeah. have sold to an Italian company. An Italian consortium. So they used to own Ducati, apparently. So that means they're swapping out wooden chassis for Italian marble. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, th- what? It's it's like, Nadav, you're the, the expert on all things Morgan. But it was one of the last family-owned car manufacturers, correct? Yeah, so well, Morgan's 110 years old. We've mentioned it before. The brand is 110 years old. Family-owned all the way to today and then this week. Um, after the announcement of the Plus 6, which is the brand new Morgan released at Geneva, um, they also announced that they've been bought out. The majority of the of stake was bought out by an Italian consortium um, who also has has currently interest in Ducati and Aston Martin, oh. but not majority interest in these, in these, car, in these companies. So... It's just not clear venture capitalists. You're right. So it's not clear if this company is any good or not, as far as I yeah. understand it. It's not what their influence is isn't clear. I but are, are, but are they moneyed? Because I think that in any car, uh, yeah, it's all car, about the money. Car business. So having access to capital is the big thing. Right. So this is pure conjecture. But the way I read the situation is that this deal was signed years ago, maybe yeah. a year or two, because. To develop something like the Plus 6, which was a brand new chassis with a new engine <coughs> and get it all developed and tested, etc., costs big money. Mm. And they also and I think bought that money. Sorry, they also bought back their um, customer experience center or something, and they bought one of their old workshops back as well. So, I think so. there's been a bit, there's of, been of, a bit of cash injection. So I feel like there's been some cash lying around. Probably yeah. what happened was there's a shared risk between the current the family shareholders and this new potential shareholder in the R and D of this car. And with a positive Geneva announcement, there was good reception to the car. I think they decided that they would go ahead and release the news. And they're, they're going to be looking for a return, presumably. So is hopefully it, it means big things for the brand. Is it yeah. true that the internal code name for the new Morgan is the Morgan Supra? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know. The, More the Z4 would be more correct. We would have to go and see whether this thing actually happens or not because – you know, you got like TVR, which was supposedly rescued a few years back. By some Russians. By some yeah. Russians. Still haven't seen a car come out yet. Yeah. Uh, even though they they put one on display at, yeah. at no. one of the cars. They sold. They sold. They sold them, but they've never actually appeared. I think. Yeah. And, and in and in Italian car um, uh, circles, this has happened over a number of years. I mean, Lamborghini got shunted around yeah. forever, True and story. then eventually found its way to Audi. <coughs> Chrysler before that. The sure. difference being that this is a functional and supposedly profitable company for the last two years at least. So it's not quite the same as picking up from 
a, a, a dormant brand like TVR. This is a functional, supposedly profitable brand. Well, so well hopefully it's positive. I well don't know. Good it's luck. Let's yeah, they're, well, they're still trying to deliver uh, their 1964 order book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I believe the waiting list is six months officially. <laughs> so British cars being bought out by the Italians yep. segues nicely into a British car that was bought by Indians. Oh, Jaguar. And that is Jaguar. And Jaguar. Do you know what I drove earlier this week? The new Jaguar iPads. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? I went on the launch. Was my phone off? Yeah. I mean, well, I you guys, hear anything. Was this during your sulky period where yeah, you were totally was offline? Sulking Correct. the whole week, so we yeah, didn't know I was, about it. I was so how was it? Very, very impressive car. I mean, I've driven electric cars before, obviously. Yeah. As a professional, I've driven. As a professional. Uh, I, would leads, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I threes, uh, mini E's. But this Mini is, E? Yeah, but mm-hmm. this is the most convincing electric car that I've driven. There's no range anxiety. So is it going to be sold locally already? It is already. Yeah. Yeah. You can so go so to just the under website. So what infrastructure have they got for powering your car? Other people's houses? Okay, so basically... It's it's not a hybrid. Eh? It's full electric. It's full electric. And, and it's good looking, eh? It's good looking. What's and the it, range? It doesn't look like an electric car. It's got elements of like XE and F-Type and F-Pace. It's a good looking car. What's um, the range? The range is claimed mm. four, 470 kilometers. Uh, on a single charge. On That's single amazing. Charge. And, and, the, and Harry Smith, they're setting up charge stations, so you'll be able to quick charge while you go into the Wimpy there. But it's just called, a question, what's it like yeah. weight-wise? Because it's that's very heavy, but all electric cars are heavy yeah. because batteries are dense and they take up a lot of space. So this is 2.2 tons, okay? Sure. Which is, it is a lot of car. And does it feel it? No. It feels... It's very low. It is incredibly fast. Mm. I mean... you. If but you cornering put your foot wise, down, I mean, no. Well, the weight is in the batteries, which they obviously keep very low in the car. Yeah, so it's it, it's so low down the between the axles. Um, and we did a Gymkhana course with this car, and I thought mm, this is going to be a bit. But it actually, for for what it is, it's it's very nimble, turns in very well. Interesting. Um, and even out on the road, it's 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 fun, it's enjoyable. I mean, you can fling it around. We went down the R5 11, which has recently been resurfaced, and uh, it was fantastic, and and so fast. I, th- I don't have a big problem with the I-Pace other than the price point. Is it 2 million rands worth? It's I mean, one in terms of interior quality. Is it 2 million rands? Yep. 2 million rands? No, 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 no. It's 1.6. It starts at 1.6. But, so, but you must equate it. You still have to buy the batteries. You must compare. Does it include ba- batteries included? Batteries included. <laughs> batteries included. <laughs> but you must compare it to a, to a, um, a similarly specced, um, you know, what an what? F-Pace, a um, but that's half the price. A Jaguar, a, a Land Rover, Evoque, and a, no, so no. What size? What does Evoque? it compare to exactly? In size, in luxury, uh, it seems it, like mid size. I've, I've stood next to one. Yeah, um, we've seen one in in yeah. person, but it, it's it's hard to sort of convey the interior dimensions from the exterior, and it's also hard to place it in terms of. Where it would stand on a on a sort of luxury premium? So is, so it, a, is it an XJ? It, it or feels is it to an me XE or an FXF. It feels quite it, it feels quite Velar like. Oh, okay. Um, in sort of space. <coughs> so it, it, it can't be far off in weight. I mean, the Velar is probably a heavy car. Yeah, yeah, but the Velar is a lot cheaper. It, it is. At uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Look, right. battery technology isn't coming cheap. The cars that get imported because they are EVs, they get slapped with a massive import tax as well. So it makes no so sense. Makes so no sense. Well, because they're not drinking petrol, so the government oh. can't squeeze out more tax from sure. the fuel they use, et cetera, et cetera. So <coughs> it is expensive, yes. But when you look at it as a whole, as a car, it's, it's, a, it's a, an amazing piece of engineering. And it is properly quick. I mean, you'll need something very fast well, that's, that's um, to does, keep okay. up with this thing. Does Jaguar oh. South Africa feel like they're happy with the price point at launch mm. i don't think i don't think they were them, no i mean I it's you know but but it is where do you think it should be a million yeah or just over yeah no, i think well, it's well, ultimately well. it offers comparable performance to a vela why should it not be similar it's faster than a lot of things i mean it'll do zero to 104.4.8 seconds it's quick it's very very quick so yeah, the most convincing electric car I've driven could be your primary car um, if mm. you if you got the cash. More passion, <laughs> Italian. 
Pininfarina Batista. Did you ah, guys yeah, see that? All yeah, electric, electric all again. Electric. 1,420 kilowatts of power, 0 to 312 seconds. That's amazing. Acclaimed uh, maximum speed of 400. In 12 seconds. I mean, just to put it in context, the, the um, speed tail, the McLaren speed tail mm. quotes that in 13 seconds. Yeah, yeah it's faster but than the speed tail. Yeah, but yeah. it's electric, so you get all that power and all that torque the moment you hit. There's nothing to spool. There's nothing spooling or pressure building up or gearboxes thinking. It just sends it all down to the ground. Yeah, I think right. that the, the big thing is managing to do that all the way up to that high top speed so electric motors are normally good for the first say 200 k's an hour after that they would need another gear and that doesn't so so this is where pininfarina no longer part of ferrari or at least no, they, the official are they, well, are they, are they, are they were just the designer the they? designer but now they're producing their own cars yeah. um, it looks distinctly like a 458488 mm, um, so i'd assume that they've used the underpinnings of that well the new if, what's it? F8 Tributo looks Tributo, exactly yeah. like a 488, so they all look the same. Yeah. It's yeah. a cool looking car. It is I cool like it. They're only building 150 of these things. No, it's fantastic. And do you guys know how much it's going to cost? One mm. million euro. Yes. I can't, I can't work that out because I failed maths and I can't. Is it in rands? Uh, I converted it. To rands? It took me the whole day. 15 million rand. No. Between 28 and 35 million rand. Yeah. But oh. if you think that's expensive. Did you guys see the, the world's most expensive new car was oh announced? Yeah, the new Bugatti. Bugatti. La, 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 la Voiture Noire. Correct. I'm glad you can which, say because I which can't. I, I will say that, You've been practicing that in that. the last... I'm, I'm a man of you many cultured, skills. Cultured. Man of many skills. <laughs> but I, I will say this. In terms of car naming, mm. people, it's we've literally gotten to the end. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the La Ferrari, the Ferrari, and the black car. I mean, it, they're terrible names. Yeah. 176 million rand. Who and and who is it sold to? I don't know. Ferdinand P. Is it Pierre. really? Yeah. Are you sure? Grandson, grandson, nephew of Ferdinand Porsche. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. in the wrong business, guys. The one off was sold to him. Yeah. Apparently, Diesel Gate wasn't so bad for him, eh? No, exactly. I think that's, and it's that no was the rumor. I don't know if well, it's one hundred percent confirmed, but that's that's the rumor. You know, that's the rumor. And it's an homage to. Um, a Type 57 yeah. Bugatti that was owned the Atlantic. By there were four, the uh, four of them built, and one, one got lost. Magnificent, yes. So, there's one, there's a whole story behind people it. listening. All our listeners go and look for that car. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll read to you, listeners, the story. Okay, the two door Gran Turismo pays homage to the legendary Bugatti Type 57 SC Atlantic of the late 1930s. Founder Ettore Bugatti, am I saying that right? No, you're Ettore. not. Ettore, Ettore, you see, Bugatti. Bugatti's son, Jean, correct, not Jean, developed and drove <laughs> one of only four Type 57 SC Atlantic coupes produced. He called his Atlantic Le, I can't say this, Mike, help me out. La Voiture Noire. The Black Car. The vehicle disappeared without a trace before the Second World War. Nowadays, it is considered one of the great mysteries in the history of the automobile world and would be incredibly valuable if found. Yeah. So start looking. That's yeah. what I need to do. There's a finder's fee. It is absolutely gorgeous. They say about the old it, it, Atlantic. It, it, yeah. yeah, they say it'll be the most valuable car in the world when if that's yeah. found. And that's uh, fun. Ralph Lauren has one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Ralph right. one of the other three. Oh, okay. But oh. there's been. I mean, this is the 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 show of the year. Um, arguably, it's the so Geneva show. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to go and see. That's Can I been talk about released? my star of the, the show? Sure. The new Connexec. What? Connexec. What is it, it, what it? Is it called the Jess Jess Co? No, but Co? do you not think that when you say favorite car, is it not just the most ridiculous wing that that's even more ridiculous than the Senna wing on the back of that car? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, just, well, never mind the wing. It, need, it needs that thing removed. That car has got so much tech in it. Okay, that Christian van Koenigse could never mate a double clutch gearbox to his his cars because it couldn't handle the power. So he used to use a single-clutch gearbox. He's now gone to a nine-speed, six-clutch gearbox. It's this new invention that they came up with. It's brilliant. It's got solenoids that activates clutches inside the gearbox. It's tiny. It weighs 70 or 80 kilos versus a double-clutch, which is over 100 kilos or something like that. Brilliant. The tech in that car is phenomenal. So I think they're leading the way um, in terms of tech, Conexa, just because of they have no bounds on their creativity. 
Yeah, Which I'm not convinced. Yeah. Well, it's inaccessible. Watch this point. Yeah, point. What do you mean you'll never? Don't give up before you start it, Tom. Those cost you nothing for me. Oh come on. They're just these yeah, whimsical I'm with Tom things. Here. <coughs> you won't hear it often, but I'm with Tom here. Whimsical. Well, I personally think that Aston stole the show. Yeah, they got some good stuff going on there too. Wow, I mean, they really released a whole bunch of stuff all at once. Um, I think the press is actually battling to keep up with the amount of stuff that they released. Yeah, um, Mercedes as well had a first prototype oh, uh, Valkyrie. So first yeah. prototype, so Aston gave us the first real prototype Valkyrie, the AMR um, RB003, which is going to sort of be the baby Valkyrie, son of Valkyrie. and Which then is going to have approximately 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. And okay. then there's also a mid-engined Vanquish, so 488-720S direct rival to come into your stuff. Well, talking about the 720S, did you see the 720S GT3? GT3 yeah. Ooh, that's cool. Was it the but MSO one? That the uh, no, the no, no, this is a proper... GT3 car GT3 I mean it's car. a racing car yeah. oh, but, right, but yeah, I saw okay. something interesting on Instagram today on the McLaren Instagram I think I forwarded it to you guys a, a McLaren which looks like it's mid-engined as they all are mm. in, in disguise but the, the caption read something like a GT car that handles like a mid-engine or like a McLaren handles like a McLaren uh, which is interesting so they're going to be building something probably a little bit bigger a little bit more usable yeah, McLaren mm. oh because you don't have enough yeah they're not enough every 10 seconds they launch you a new car and they all look McLaren. the same now it's incredible isn't it amazing um, did you see that Pagani restored their first car chassis 001 yeah so that mm. was presented at Geneva on their stand isn't it amazing that the Pagani brand is 20 years old this yeah, year that is yeah. Yeah. isn't that rock old. your world Wow, I think that's amazing. I can't believe it. For us, they're still sort of upstarts, but they've been around for almost three times as long as McLaren. Actually, yeah. there is a car that will appeal, appeal to you, Tom. Uh, Peugeot have but shown a, a prototype 500 horsepower station wagon. Yeah, that's cool. Which looks oh, lovely. Oh, that is nice. But what I liked the most at Geneva was the, the Honda e product. I was going to say, this is, uh, that's I can't believe it's car. taken you. We discussed we're probably like 12 week. minutes into this. We discussed yeah. it last now week. You, now you it did, but it's there. It. It's cool. It's awesome. It's accessible. It's a car that we all could possibly own. Well, not me. I'll never afford another car again. But you guys could <laughs> possibly go out and buy an EV. A Honda uh, prototype EV. It's going into production. It's 98% yeah, there. It looks cool. It's a very cool looking car. Yeah. And it's a Honda. So it probably won't break. Okay, to wrap. Rap. One more thing I'm going to touch on. Did you see Volvo? Uh, they are now limiting all their cars to 180 k's an hour. That's ridiculous. Who does that? They are limiting all their cars. Uh, as as of when and where? As of uh, 2020, I think it is. They Even are, the Polestar stuff? Uh, everything. They say they are limiting all cars to 180 out of the factory because they want to make the world a safer place. Really? Yeah. Is that opt out potentially? Can you can you ask the dealership to remove? No, that? but I'm sure if you went to Rob Green or you know <laughs> Revo, you could probably play. <laughs> well, no one really argued with a German. Well, well, Mark can do it now. He got one of those readers. Mark can do it for free. Yeah, I got an OBD OBD two scanner. Yeah, yeah. Let's plug it in. Yeah, remove no, that. Nobody argued with a German 250 kilometer an hour blanket speed. Yeah, because no, because uh, hardly any did. cars could get there. Now everything gets over 180. It's a little bit. Didn't the Japanese do the same thing? No, they were theoretically limited Somewhere. to 180. Their speedos only went up to 180. Oh, speedos. The first yeah. GTR I ever drove in South Africa was limited to 180. No, it wasn't limited. It, it just was had limited. A was it speed did not, not have a speed? speed really? Yeah, I, I had a motorbike that wouldn't go yeah. above that. Serious? Yeah. That's probably best. It is yeah. best. But that's all we have time for it's a new segment. Things. We're going to take a break. Yes. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to unpack why local is lacquer. Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sebenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sebenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sebenza Live. Sebenza boy. Sebenza girl. Sebenza. back to Cargumentative. Guys, in this uh, segment of the show, we're going to talk about South African production specials. So, listeners out there, you might not know, but South Africa has a little bit of a heritage when it comes to making unusual, one-of-a-kind um, car models, well, which yeah. weren't available anywhere else in the world and are unique to South Africa. Yep. Um, and, I mean, they've she's probably started back in the 60s already. Yeah. 
There are quite a few. Yeah. Uh, today, not so much. Today, there's 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 not really. I don't I don't know. Of any I, I mean, I think it's down to the fact that we we I mean we still manufacture cars, not to the extent that we did, but I mean even the early Porsches, a lot of the three five sixes were assembled here. They mm. came in knockdown kits and they were mm. assembled at Island Zisaka. It was a tax thing. But I the think. thing is, like. We're talking about special cars, which which are not available. I mean, I'm not talking about a Ranger or a um, a Hilux Dakar, you know. Yeah, you're a, talking about a piece of vinyl or doesn't make a car, or like a a, a Ford Tracer Tonic. We're yeah. not talking about stuff like that. We're talking about proper cars that are different in a way, uh, mechanically or. So I've got one. Okay, shoot. So I bought a car yes. in 1997. It was an Alpha GTV6 3-liter. Was your hair peroxided? Then? No, it was not. I had a ponytail, though. Sick. Sick. Oh, <laughs> of course you did. Anyway. I, I need a picture of this. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought it. It was it was a runner, but it had a slipping clutch when I bought it. I'm not... Uh, Color? White. So the stripe? So they, yeah. So they came in three colors. Red and white were the most popular, and they were like a handful made in gunmetal. Um, so the history of this particular car is... And, and what year are we talking about here? They were, were, they they were produced 84 and 85? In the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Do so you know who was behind that car, actually? There were a, a couple of people. Roger uh, McCleary, Roger. the voice of South African motorsport, so, and a man called Sumpy Bosman. Yeah, so I've met Sumpy. Have you? Yeah, but I'll tell you wh how Roger McCleary fits into the picture. So he mm. went to... So basically, Alpha's racing in Group B, I think it's called. Mm, or Group no, N. it was Group, group N. Yeah, it was. Group N, group I think. N. So they're racing, and, the, and they were losing to BMW. And they were racing with their 2.5 GTV6. So they needed a bit more power. So Roger McLeary went over to Italy, and he's, this is the, how the story goes. He spotted a motor that had been kind of wasn't used anymore. It was a 3-liter version of the Busso Alpha V6. From Auto <coughs> Delta? Yeah, so it had... So the crankshaft was uh, breathed on by Auto Delta. The heads were modified because they had to now receive Delorto carbs instead of the fuel injection on the 2.5. So yeah, the, it was internally it was a different motor. It could rev a bit higher, um, and it was properly brought. It had to be homologated, so they had to make over 200 of them for it to race, for it to be eligible for Group N. So yeah, they produced these cars, uh, 84 and 85. They were they had, had 128 kilowatts, where I think the, the 2.5 had about 115 standard. So, and I think the, the story. I mean, let's give a little bit more details because, as far as I understand, they were assembled in Boysen. So they took the 2.5 liter blocks. They and were then assembled they, they in Brits. In Brits. In Brits. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they they didn't the the engine wasn't anything to do with the 2.5. It was it? A, it was a standalone three liter motor, different crank okay. for a longer stroke. It had different heads because the manifold had to be different to receive the carbs. Um, Were they carb-fed, not injected? Not the, the three liter was carbs. Okay. Carbs, but mated to the same De Dion uh, swing rear axle. Rear yeah, swing rear axle with a with a trans axle, which arguably was the so so the car had fifty fifty weight distribution, but the gearbox was a weak point. Was it a swing axle? Or was it just that the gearbox was at the back? No, it, it was. A, it's got a the Dion, which is like a triangular. Okay. It's okay. a it's not like a, a samosa. It looks like one of these. It looks samusa. like a samosa. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's a special car. <clears throat> it was very uh, neutral handling. It had inboard discs at the back. It had the clutch was on the on the gearbox at the back. So the weight distribution was its thing. Um, so to fit the the airbox for the carbs, they had to develop a, a new bonnet with a NACA duct. I was going to ask which you, wasn't functional because those had a plastic. They had a fiberglass bonnet. Yeah, with a plastic thing on on. No, that was the two point five oh, with the gray gray yeah. cover on the top. The three liter had like a grey vent cover uh, on the front okay. of the knacker duct, but that wasn't functional. Okay. It actually received its cold air from behind, well, next to the headlights. Yeah, it, then it also got a, um, so it received a lo uh, also um, a deeper chin spoiler to cool the car better. Um, yeah, so it was a success. It, it worked was a well. Success. It, it, it won its first race, and I think they came first and second in their championship that year. Look, when I they introduced the car. I so. mean, even what, what was it racing against? It was racing against the BMW 635. Okay. 635, yeah. Uh, was it the 635, Mark? What was the 735? Sure. What have you got? Well, 745, but we'll get on to that. Uh, it was the 735. Okay. And the Ford XR8 
came in later. So there was another South African special that Ford brought in. They replaced the XR6, mm, the, XR the V6 V8. with a V8, V8. motor. Now, there were a couple of South African mods that were done in that group N to try and compete with each other. It was brilliant because it made racing really competitive. And you as the consumer could go out and buy one of these models, which is fantastic. Yeah, so it would race on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. Buy it on a Monday. Buy it on a Monday. Yeah. It, it is a very cool. I mean, I mean, new I, price is twenty five thousand rand. I think. Yeah, I mean, you guys know I'm not the world's biggest Alpha fan, but I do like the GTV six, and I do like the the the, the 3D version of this. Yeah, car. I think, it's, and it sounds incredible. I don't know if uh, producer Scott has got um, that that little sound clip. Very so, unique so would, that, would that have been a road car likely or would that have been a race car? That was a road car. It was a road car. Really? Yeah, there was inboard, uh, on, onboard footage of a, a road car driving. Incredible. That's amazing, huh? Great sounding car, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat that, and I'm sure we're going to be putting this up in a poll uh, later yeah. in the week. But, uh, so what, what have you brought to the table? So, so I mean, this is a car that I've recently acquired. I haven't taken mm. delivery of it as yet because it needed uh, some tinkering, but it's a 1986 745 BMW. So the 745 was built overseas as well. Um, and just so we're clear, it's the, it's the late 70s all the way through to 87, 88 odd, it's called the E23, so it is a bit sharky looking, um, a bit of a tank in in its day, um, and they were, they were sold quite plentifully here in the 728, 733, 735 eventually, guys. But um, I, our one is a, a 1986 one, which is I think the only year of manufacture. And overseas, the 745 had a turbocharged engine. Mm. The difference between the South African one and the overseas one is that we, our one uses the M88 engine from the, which is the same engine from the BMW M1. Now it's that a is a really special motor. It, I, I read something on the internet that it's rated one of the top five motors of all time. It's just it, it did service in a lot of cars. So it was in the M1, which was a supercar. It was in this car. It was in the E20 E28 M5. So it's it's a very very special motor. Um, uh, it, it funny enough is not a four and a half liter. It's a it's a three and a half liter um, straight six. Um, so name the seven four five for fun. Yeah, I mean, it just had to differentiate it from the uh, the thing. Which which funny enough that 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 wasn't common in those days. Yeah. Um, and the seven four five overseas, as I say, it had uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't what like ours. But interesting, there were a couple of other bits on it. So it had um, a BBS wheels. Which actually so did uh, so did the GTV6. They're compromoters. No, com- sorry, compromoters. Yeah. They look very similar. Sorry, yeah, split being corrected. Um, and it was a hell of a luxurious car. I'm not sure what the price of it new was, but I don't think there was anything that could was come like close to it. Twenty, thirty grand. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I think no, I'd say, I think it was quite a bit more than that. I think it was like seventy, eighty. I think it was like really? more expensive than a, than a Porsche. I think a three hundred eight at the had, time was like yeah, yeah. forty grand. No, no, I think by eighty six they were also okay. like out a hundred. But I think, but it had. The luxury was just beyond uh, comparison. The whole dash, and Arwen thankfully still has the original dash, fully covered in leather. Um, it really is a, a is a massively sumptuous car. When you open up the bonnet, you see that M Power engine. Yeah, with its individual its throttle bodies. Individual Very throttle cool, bodies, yeah. and um, yeah. So, but it's it's not a road going seven four five. But so you're cheating then? No, it's not. It's just so a, it's, people it's, it's, it's who are voting in our poll, please no. No, no. I mean, I'm actually saying you should vote for your car because, to be <laughs> honest, it is much more special. But the interesting thing is that the car that you're going to hear is a seven four five that raced in Group N in the mid 80s oh, I actually and raced in the Winfield colors that car was driven by the late great Tony Viana mm, and lovely. the interesting thing is that our car is sitting at a workshop at the moment next to that car they're busy working on the race car so hopefully we can put, uh, in the next few weeks we can get some photos of it um, and some of, the, of the two cars <laughs> um, next to one another that'll be nice let's hear it just for the let's for, do it just for the guess. Is that your car or the racing car? That was the racing car. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. That was the racing car. 
but it just may have convinced me to do a stupid exhaust on it. Yeah, I think sounds, I mean, definitely. It do. sounds awesome. Um, yeah, really cool. Take the silencer off completely. That is a cool. I mean, I've raced against that actual car, that that Winfield car. It's quite a quite a special thing, and uh, I think the doctor is going to have to come up with something. I've got one for him. I, I got nothing. I think You've you must ta- take it away. Thomas. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Yeah. Land Rover Defender. 2.8. 2. Oh. 2.8. So I thought about talking about it. <laughs> was that unique to South Africa? Yeah, it was. Really, uh, hey? So in the tiny little period where BMW actually owned Land Rover, where um, later Rolls-Royce came out of that um, yeah. from, um, to BMW, etc. And uh, the first, the Range Rover, one of the Range Rovers was designed uh, completely by BMW, but it was actually a short period of time. In South Africa, with the change of ownership, um, we got an interesting special. I don't know the background. I don't know who decided to do it. But they took the 2.8 litre straight six fuel injected engine out of the um, E36 3 yeah, and put it inside a Land Rover Defender, which prior to that had never had anything other than maximum, like I think a five cylinder diesel in it. And um, yeah. very strange choice. I don't know what it is because if you think about it, it's actually quite a revy no, it is. peaky have you driven one i haven't it's i've been in one funnily enough a friend of mine in zim okay yeah, really yeah um and and I'm, I'm fascinated because it doesn't seem like the correct engine for something as utilitarian as a as a defender but um it was south africa only and in the end it was actually it's it's the most powerful and fastest official land rover defender uh, ever made until the most recent sort of heritage v8 thing that came out yeah, after yeah. production ended. I think it's really So that's cool, a really right? interesting thing. It is. And they come up with a drive. drive. Yeah. And they, apparently the enthusiasts are very keen on them. And, I, I must and say it probably I, doesn't leak any oil. Yeah. Well, not out of the engine, but out of everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> interesting. I remember the advert for it. Sorry, and we're going to get onto your, uh, your your majestic car now. But yeah. I remember the advert in the, in the car magazines, and it had a picture of it with and it had uh, flames on the side, painted on the side. Really? It was like a hot rod. Yeah, it was cool. It must be pretty quick. I mean, that, yeah. was, that, that engine yeah, was a cool engine. Powerful, but yeah. it was flames painted on the side with mud. Yes. Remember that? Right. Absolutely. It was. Now I remember that. That was yeah. very cool. Back oh. in the days when adverts were still crafted. Any readers have one? We'd love to drive. It would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Compared to the 2.4 It's liter the one to have. Hell, I don't even mind being a passenger lump. in the back. Oh, okay. Or in the front. <laughs> right then. And uh, I, I have nothing to say about South African motor industry. Right? Nothing. No. Not the XR8. Not the Triple no. Three. No. 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 Yeah. Super Boss. Yeah. yeah. 200TS. Yeah. Come on. Golf guys. City CTI. City Golf CTI. Oh, CTI. Sure. What a car. Sure. Yeah, that's also Absolutely. Yeah. Your XR8. wifey had one of those. She did. Yeah. She? When I met her. Apparently, yeah. there is one in South Africa that still hasn't had the backboard cut to make, put six fine eyes out. Impossible. Oh, no, no. I don't believe you. We it, don't believe Mark. you. Yeah. No, I can apparently, show you it's easy to go and find the Bugatti 50 Type 57. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my. What's yours? My South African special. Is your material. Is special to me. <laughs> oh, no. Because it is my Dayatsu material. Oh. And did you know that this is probably the last. Like proper South African special because it was the last one that was actually, you know, built to be um, different from all the other. But it wasn't cars. built in South Africa, though. Yes, it was. Was it? So they so, bu- so they took a standard what? So so basically one point five liter material. A man a man at uh, Hatsu South Africa. What's his name? I can't tell you. Said I want to <laughs> I want to make a sp- I want to make I want to inject some fun into the brand. We want to turbocharge some cars. Now they were originally going to go with the smaller hatch which was the Sirion mm-hmm. and then the Daihatsu Materia came along and they were like you know what that kind of looks like Japanese hot rodish like if a, a Japanese man designer had to go back to the 30s to hot rods you know that kind of slam thing yeah. and he drew it it does kind of look like it that it does kind of look yeah. like that okay so they decided cool we're going to we, we're going to ditch the the Sirion we're going to go for the Materia so they then got um, Steve's Auto Clinic on board wow okay and they said, "Cool, we're gonna we're gonna come up with this. Um, we're gonna do the R and D." Okay. So what uh, Daihatsu South Africa did is they imported uh, turbo kits from Daihatsu Japan because overseas and here we had the YRV turbo. So they took that that existing bolt-on kit, shipped it over here, and then Steve's Auto Clinic basically set it up, okay. did did the R and D, and they would go up and down the Krugersdorp Highway. Uh-huh. At, at nighttime, with you know, sort of 
not, not breaking the speed limit. Obviously. No, no, no. Of course not. Um, just to make sure that it all, all, you know, everything was 100% with the car. Uh, put in a piggyback computer, and then they added some other stuff when, like. When I, you buy one of those, do they allow you to choose where you're going to put the scoop on the bonnet? No, they just throw it there. That was the best place. Was that the best? That place? was the best place. They had to. They had to put it in because it's quite tight inside a material engine bay. Not that you've ever seen it, but it's quite. It's quite okay. you know, compact. So, so there's an actual intercooler under there. There's an actual yeah. It, okay. Well, well, we've and actually covered this car in quite a lot of detail, and I do. Uh, in, uh, that's actually my favourite episode of Cogumentative ever. So yeah. if anyone is interested many, to go back and listen to it, how but, many but did they make? Yeah. As many as they could sell. How rare is it? It's very rare. They only made 50 of them. Oh, wow. 50. 50. And then... and then Probably One of the w- rarest cars in the world. Yeah. And then at the end of it, Daihatsu Japan said, listen, guys, we don't want you... We don't want this coming out anymore. So they would have built more, but then they were, they were said, no, no, like, no more. Cut it's got it. drum brakes at the back. Drum brakes. Well, but you don't really need yeah. it, you know. I mean, wow. some cars don't need drum brakes. <laughs> some cars so, don't, mean, some need, cars don't need... You uh, know, I, I have a sound clip of this it. This thing must sound... Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your nose? Is that your nose whistling again? <laughs> but no, Thomas, this thing is rare. It's, it it's is a rare. local special. Yeah. I mean, it must be worth an absolute fortune. It's not. It's worth probably about seventy-five thousand. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, when, when, you, when you say door it's down. worth seventy-five thousand, it's worth it to you. What could you get for it? Seventy-five thousand rand. It, it is a cool car. I know you guys don't like it, but there's something cool about it that this that this thing. We've had no choice but to like in it. In 2009, where where companies are are so strict about doing things by the book, especially Japanese. You know, sort of, sort of companies for that, like that alone, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, so, I'll give it so, that. So, so we should, we should go on a road trip thing. in it. Yeah. We, 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 we do an outside broadcast. I've done many road trips, they will never see us coming. So, the materia was sold in different countries and under different names. Um, it was a Daihatsu here, it was a Toyota elsewhere, and in mm-hmm. the States, it was a Scion it was and an XB. It was a Subaru as well. It was also Subaru, I really. It was, but as a Scion, Subaru Dex. Oh, ironically, nobody's claiming it. Yeah, no, one, no one there's no wiki page for it the doctor wants to speak as a cyan xb yeah thank you gentlemen um <laughs> in the states it was the cyan was supposed to be the toyota's younger brand um where lexus was supposed to appeal to the slightly older yeah more slightly mature older, yeah. more mature gentlemen like or gen people yeah, and um well. so cyan it was modified a lot it was expected to be modified so there was a, there's a huge uh, modification industry around that chassis like the material so okay. i suppose it's not without precedent yeah. what size is the engine 1.5 huge turbocharged yeah. and it's it's been brilliant hasn't given me that how many up. kilowatts is it that, 110 kilowatts. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Mm. 200 newton My three liter GTV only had 128. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Exactly. Oh, so okay. How many did your BM have? Um, 280 horsepower. Well, not bad. Not it's about 12 kilowatts. Yeah. About 200 and tw- <laughs> 220 kilowatts. No, it's, a f- no it's, it's quite a lot of power. 220 kilowatts. Yeah. It's a lot of power. No, yeah. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Well, please guide it. It'll so. be available to drive mm. soon. You know, it's been a while. It has been a while. Do you think it's going to make it onto the road ever, Mike? Or? It has driven in the last okay. three months. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck. South African specials. That's all we have time for. Yeah. And, and we're going to be running a poll. I'm sure a page we will are going set to up a poll. A poll. So, yeah, you can so the vote. poll is vote for Team Mark for the Alpha GTV6 3 litre. Yeah, well, let's not make it three wins in a row for me. Yeah, don't go for the obvious choice, guys. Well, the obvious choice is probably the Alpha. But anyway, yeah, what, what is yours? The BMW what? 745i. You Nadav's put words in my mouth and gave me the Defender 2.8, so I'm not even behind that. You deserve. You're the only person here who actually, <laughs> well, kind of owns a Defender. <laughs> <laughs> and right. Thomas had the Daihatsu Materia Turbo. Turbo. Yep. All right. Guys, that's all we have time for in, in this segment. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about what weapon we're going to pick. <laughs> For the latest political news and in-depth discussion and analysis on events making headlines in South Africa's socio-political speech. Join myself, Amil Amral, and my comrades from the Sunday Times Politics Desk for our Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast. You can find new weekly episodes on the Times Live website every Wednesday. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Welcome back to Cargumentative. Guys, in this uh, segment of the show, 
Um, it's actually based on, on a meme, which I saw the other day, which you, I think, sent me. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I did. It, it was a meme, and it was this emotive, beautifully shot photograph of a portion of the Nürburgring with oh, impactful, yeah. bold, impactful font saying, one lap of the Nuremberg what car would you would you choose? Is it also known as the Nuremberg Yeah, it's the Nuremberg That's what I said. Or the North Hey? That's okay. You'll be able to record, re- replay that the four or five times. That's what I said. No, you didn't. What did I say? <laughs> the Nuremberg and Ringen. <laughs> yeah. No, <I'm> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay so one lap, one car. One lap, one Nadav, car, go. Nuremberg ring. It's a difficult one. We were discussing this uh, on our group during the course of the week. We've We've done it, which helps. All four of us have driven um, it. We've all driven it. And I would say that, and I'll try to keep it quick, but it, I would say that it what it's amazingly narrow. We've said this before. It's narrower than you think. And the 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 level change, the elevation, the elevation is just, you, you, there's no way any video can bring that across. So the thing is, to do one lap, if you're unfamiliar with it, it sounds bizarre, but I think you shouldn't have to concentrate too much on the car. There's so much to concentrate on getting the lap right. There's so much to concentrate about where you're going. It's so easy to overcook it um, and have a massive accident. There's so much other traffic that you really need to worry about around you that to have to concentrate on getting a but really, hold on. perfect lap. Yeah, but in this thing, we're saying you've got the track to yourself. Got yeah. the track there will be no, will be no uh, other traffic. I still think one lap, you need something that you, that, you, that you won't be able to, you don't need to have to master. You so need to feel comfortable in it. You need to feel what comfortable it? in it, something automatic. Like an old pair of jeans. Like an old pair of jeans. Get something. in, feel comfortable, not intimidated, and you don't want something with too much power because it's just going to be wasted. Wasted. So, so, Doc, what are you talking about here? All right, so something in the league of uh, Cayman R, 997 mm. Cayman R. PDK, you don't have to concentrate. You leave it in auto, you put it in sport, and you go. You'll have the lap of your life. That's my opinion. Good car, that. Yeah. Love Cayman I really don't like it, but that's well, just me. Okay. I've never driven it, Tom. I have. Fantastic car. You've driven it many times. I have. And you've kept saying, "What's your car of choice?" Okay, Tom? what's your car of choice? Okay, so, so we're getting the guys. So you know how these how these two are going to be, and then so I want the, the car that I feel comfortable in. Like I said, I want good brakes. Like a um, I don't want a huge amount of power because like I believe that's so not a diatomaterial, not a Lexus. No, let's get that out the way. Mm. Exactly. Fair. So comfortable. I want it to be rear wheel drive because I prefer rear wheel drive. I do not like front wheel drive cars on tracks. Um, I want a manual gearbox because it's Nürburgring and you know kind of old school. I want to have that. I want to have that feel, which is nice. So I'm going to go for a bog standard Toyota 86 because it has ah, everything you need I knew to that. have I knew fun. It. I knew it. It's quick enough to go down the straight. Yep. Not, not intimidating. Quick enough to go down the straight. And it's great through the corners. Low center of gravity. Good brakes. Um, Nice You're never going to get me to agree. Excellent. I, I have to say, I, I think it's actually a very good point that Thomas has made. 86 is probably as close as you can get to the Suzuki's that we used. And, and they were plenty. No. And there will be times on that track where you feel like you're driving the car to its limit and you've got that nice, it doesn't, f- it, it's, it's, you're not going to get carried away. So and you, and, 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 and the track's that. not going to have a chance to get carried away with you. Sure, sure. I think it's a good choice. I'm happy with that. Mm. Well, it's my turn. And mm. we said we were going to go with something that you were familiar with. There was like an old pair of jeans. So Koenigsegg for you. Huh? No. So I'm going to go with my Porsche 996 GT3. I think it will be fantastic on that track. Mm. I know it well. I've done two laps of the track already, so I know that like the back of my hand. <laughs> mm. Unfortunately, you probably have to shell out for some new brake pads. That's fine. I've just put yeah. new ones on. Oh, have you? It's fine. Okay. I'll probably need new tires, though. New second-hand <coughs> brake pads? No, or new, new ones. ones. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's the perfect car, I think, for me. I know it well. Mm. It's very quick. It's manual. It's visceral. No traction control. What an incredible experience. Great. Mm. Yeah. I mean, at least Mark's trying a little bit, but I'm, I'm very happy to say that I'm in a room with three very sensible people. Well... I'm hoping and I'm not that I think that's how intimidating the ring is, actually. It is yeah, a very intimidating no track. There's no doubt about that. I think, I, I think if you'd asked me this question a year ago before I'd been, I think I would have been, ah, oh, GT3 RS, latest 4.0, whatever, go crazy. No, I don't no, think no. that that's true. I think having been there, it's sort of tempered my... So, so there's no doubt that you need lots and lots and lots of laps to, to get to grips with that place, and it's going to intimidate you, to be honest. I, I, we all drove that, that uh, swift and intimidated the hell out of us. 
So I'm saying I'm going to be intimidated no matter what. So I want to drive Stefan Belov's 956. <laughs> so I want to go slowly around there, and when I get off, I'm going to go and say to you guys, I just drove Stefan Belov's 956, which was up until recently the fastest car ever around the Nürburgring. That's right. At something like 6 minute 13 or something, or yeah. 7 minutes, 6 minute 50 odd. You just drive it slowly. Um, I drove it, I'll drive does it, it slowly. It, does it cost to exist though? I'm sure it does. But that wasn't surround. The ni- there are a lot of 956s. It was crashed. Well, I'm you sure. You said his okay. personal 956. One like his. Well, I'm okay, so. I'm just joking. So there's, there's, there's but I'm saying, like, I'll, 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 can you even imagine the kind of selfie I could get of me sitting <laughs> in that thing? <laughs> it's all it's about the selfie, unbelievable. Mark. I think that's fair. Uh, that car is still a record holder for the ring because well, the, other, yeah. the, the 919 Evo wasn't race homologated okay so basically yeah. that was a prototype that wasn't homologated for anything whereas the 956 was a true homologated race car and, and i think and that, and, and that was done in anger the the lap that they did was in qualifying last year mm. qualifying yeah. So, yeah. it was qualifying there are you still gonna go it's for 86 yes i am we'll give you one more, to- one no, more time no it's Come fine on. thanks i've been there i know <laughs> i know that 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 place is not to be trifled with you was, it, it, was it raining on your lap is that why yeah it was okay well it was raining on your your future lap as well i had half the that's lap why you choose half the power and the second half okay was wet, but I want a car that is easy to control, nice, good feel, comfortable. Uh, I drive, is we drive the Suzuki uh, Swift, and it was fantastic. Funny. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm certain of, though. A road car isn't the car for around there. You actually need a car that's it's well set up, and an 86 will be it's it's the right type of car. That but, 86 but you is want very well set. I mean, you've been in an, an 86 I, with me, I say and you were very impressed. It how handles that thing incredibly went well, I, but I'm worried about the straights, Thomas. The part oh. between the corners. <laughs> Mark, there's very there's not there's not a hell of a lot. There's like one long straight section. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. The rest is all just uh, corners. I'd love to hear from our listeners. What would you guys uh, drive if you had one lap, one car, one lap of the Nürburgring? Exactly. You're alone in the ring. The weather's good. Live the meme and let us know. Live the meme. I like Hit that. us up on uh, Cogumentative, at Cogumentative on Instagram. Yep. yep. And just we we got quite a lot of uh, feedback this week on on our Instagram page, and we really enjoy it. So yeah. please Tell get us, hold of us. us. Yeah, Tell shout us at us, scream at us, uh, whatever. Excellent. We want to hear from you. No, we do. Uh, we also want to have a quick break, so we're going to do that. And when we come back, we are actually going to answer a couple of questions. Join me, Paul Ash, in a beautiful soundscape as we explore the world in the Sunday Times Travel Podcast. Find it at sundaytimes.co.za. Welcome back to the final segment of Cogumentative. In this part of the show, we are going to be answering some questions that we actually got from real live listeners. Not Actual bots. people. Yeah, not mm. bots or anything like that. Or my mom. Uh, and we didn't make them up. We didn't make them up. Well, we don't know what Although they are. We've never making, we're making things up. No, we, we never do that. No. Okay. It says here, something for the cargumentative team. That's us. I'm enjoying the podcasts. I would have liked to hear the team's view on the worst Porsche two weeks ago, but you all ducked that one. So Easy. So we should answer this one. It's true. Porsche 912. Because everybody hates no, absolutely. the cars I drive, it's got, it, it has to be the 911 SE. No, that's not at all. And it's it has to be the 912. Why? But the SE is one of the greatest. The 912 is writing checks that can't cash. Simple as no, it? I don't think so. No, so no. I don't think is a no. cool car and it's in right. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Okay, okay? so your opinion Stop is? Stop shouting at me. 911. which is it's got the original six cylinders, Mark. No, but I'll tell you, the, the interesting thing with the 901 is that it was massively flawed. It, it handled terribly. The, the carbs were gave flat spots all over the place. Part of the character. Like, I mean, it, not saying it, it was the, definitely the most important car that Porsche ever made. There's no doubt about that. But it started off like very flawed. I mean, think about all the evolution it had to go through in the pre-74s, moving batteries around, moving the wheelbase out. Um, I mean, there was a whole lot of stuff that, Mark, that, that they had to do. It's a 911. So basically, a Mike 912 says… 912 is a 911 with a Beetle engine. There can be nothing worse. 
Okay, so Mike's going for the 911. You going for the 911? No, I'm not going for a 911. I'm saying no, the 901, which is the first generation 911. Well, yeah. so a lot of people might say the 914. Um, so that was the 70s car, but I think that they would be wrong. So my opinion is that the worst one of them all is the 924. Because yeah. it wasn't destined to be a Porsche. No. At the last minute, they swapped it. From Neither being a was a 914, actually. It was. It was developed together. They were not going to be a Volkswagen. They were going to be two different cars, but developed together. 924 was going to be a Volkswagen on its own. It was. And then was they it changed really? it to yes, it was. Porsche. And it's horrible. And it's transaxle. It's terrible. It is a horrible car. It has one of the worst interiors ever. And my first... Porsche was a 944 with a 924 interior. Oh. Awful. Did it have it, Pasha? It, uh, it had... It was brown. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was just br- brown. It was brown. It, like poo, it was like walking <laughs> into somebody's colon. Brown everywhere. But that was... That brown was the fashionable. Cars, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the, no, no. the era. It was chosen it by somebody. It had a period charm to it. But it could it have had Pasha. So, so you chose a 924. Okay. I'm also choosing the 924. Oh. So law on average, Easy. the worst Porsche that was ever made, listener, was the Porsche 924. Oh, actually, to be honest, the 901 was too important. It must be the 924. Yeah. No, okay. it's a 912. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. I am also keen to hear if there are any advanced driving schools where you drive your own car and not a Mark-sponsored school, i.e. Merck or Audi or Volkswagen. So these are all questions from the same listener yeah oh, oh wow our yeah. oh, listeners are, are very well informed they are. well spoken too well spoken man yeah. well, well it's a i think it's encouraging that to, to, and i think it's a good thing to go and do advanced driving courses um I th- i'm not sure about courses that are available but there are a lot of track days and you probably could get an instructor relatively yeah. easily so yeah you can get me listener if you would like ah i will i will happily volunteer and shameless do plug. Some, exactly shameless plug but i'm a desperate man um, and uh, in need of money, so I will happily help you on a track for a fee. For a fee, <laughs> a, ge- a reasonable fee. I'm not a greedy man, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, I could do something like that. But besides you, Tom, I don't think there are too many that are not organised by the big marks like no. BMW, Audi, and Mercedes and Porsche. Um, no, there's nothing. You and and I, I would be careful there, actually. I mean, like, just you don't really want to be instructing someone and let them damage their cars and be liable for it. Look, I'd, I've done it before. Uh, as part of the Lotus Club, we have an annual instructor day where people come we're in their cars and the drivers in the Lotus Challenge class instruct. And it normally happens at SWAT Clubs oh, that or, could be cool. or Midval. And it's actually quite exciting to see somebody start off beginning of the day and they're very slow and unsure and yeah. and then pushing get, their limits yeah. and they get better and better throughout the day brilliant and it's actually a really cool thing to do so, so there's something there's something in there your own tame racing driver you yeah. can yeah. Well, we, we, we do is the that, odd Tom. track day so if you do have an exotic we do the odd track day and I've actually gone out as well as an instructor with with people in my car but uh, mm. um, Thomas so, yeah. Thomas you know, I can vouch for his driving, and he definitely squeezes those adrenal glands every once in a while. The South know, African stick. He'll come out. Good uh, old beater. He'll come <laughs> out excited. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, no, I don't. I don't think there is actually an advanced driving school that that to use their own car because manufacturers like to use their cars to showcase their technology, and that's basically what these things are. Mm. It's, a, it's a showcase for the tech and what the cars can do. What so. I can re- recommend as a course is the uh, Pablo Clark course. Uh, which is in a Ferrari 360 Challenge car. Um, Do you have to go out and push anytime? No, it's actually. The, I mean, it's a, it's it's pretty good, and you get you actually get to drive that car really hard. Um, it's a proper and it's a proper challenge. 360 Challenge car with air jacks and all those things. So, so listeners, cool. when you Very win cool. the lottery, go for the public exactly. Clark oh. Racing School. Until yeah. then, do the Audi one. Yeah, <laughs> or inbox or, me. Or, so or, or, or inbox or in, Tom inbox Falconer. Yeah. yeah, guys, cool. That's um, that's all we have in our mailbox. Uh, we'd like to have some more in our mailbox, so uh, hook us up or hit us up or whatever it is on uh, Cargumentative on Instagram. And um, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you very much for joining me in studio again. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. Cheers, and, guys. Uh, be Bye back at the same place, same time next week. From me, Thomas Faulkner. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>